crackpots. Now, perhaps you thought something different, like you're all a bunch of loopy people. Well, you could be. I mean, I, I know, you know, and I, I like hanging out with loopy people. Um, but what this message is, is geared to is that in the economy of God, uh, we sometimes can be, have gone through so many trials that we get broken up and beaten up and, and decisions that we've made have, have created problems for us and for our family. And we get those dings and we get those, those nicks and, and we get some cracks in our, in our, in our life. And if you look at, the, at, a, at a pot, the, the, the bulletin cover, you look at that and that can kind of represent our lives. You know, we've, we've, got, we've been super glued and, and uh, maybe slapped some Bondo on us and there may even be some pieces that are missing, chunks in our life that, that uh, aren't there because of what's happened. You know, losing, losing a family member, losing your father, losing your mother, losing a child. Um, those losses leave, leave a, a gap in our life. And so as we look at, at, our, at our lives, which could be represented as a piece of crockery, we're cracked and maybe damaged, but still extremely serviceable. And so that's the backdrop for this message. And today, uh, I'm going to talk about God's favorite word. His favorite word is yes. Open your Bibles or look on the screen, 1 Corinthians 1, 12 through 20, and Paul writes, Some of you are saying, I'm a follower of Paul. Others are saying, I follow Apollos, or I follow Peter, or I follow only Christ. Those are the real spiritual people. Has Christ been divided into factions? Was I, Paul, crucified for you? Were any of you baptized in the name of Paul? Of course not. I thank God that I did not baptize any of you except Crispus and Gaius. For now no one can say they were baptized in my name. See, there, people kind of had that feeling, if Paul baptized me, I'm, I've got a leg up in, in my spiritual life, and you guys are just baptized by the preacher, uh, but I was baptized by Paul. Uh, oh yes, I also baptized the household of Stephanus, but I don't remember baptizing anyone else, for Christ didn't send me to baptize, but to preach the good news, and not with clever speech, for fear that the cross of Christ would lose its power. The message of the cross is foolish to those who are headed for destruction. But we who are being saved know it is the very power of God. Now, that is a troubling verse. And it's not that salvation is progressive. But our sanctification, our, our growth as believers is progressive. You were, you were saved and, and when you were saved, you, you had all kinds of potential. And the Holy Spirit, when he, when he uh, embedded himself in you and filled you and you were baptized in him, was going to prepare 
you for this wonderful thing called salvation. And as you move forward in your Christian life, the Holy Spirit is going to be teaching you. Get your nose in the book, my friends. Read the Bible and allow the Spirit of God to grow you up. We have immature Christians today because they're lazy. And they're lazy because they don't want to spend time in the Word of God. As, verse 19, as the Scriptures say, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise and discard the intelligence of the intelligent. So where does this leave the philosophers, the scholars, and the world's brilliant debaters? God has made the wisdom of this world look foolish. One of the most beautiful words in the human language is yes. Young man falls in love. An old man falls in love. I'm not done yet, girl. And he gets he finally gets all the gets the courage up and he asks, Will you marry me? And she says, Yes. Or what about the guy that's that's going in to uh, get a job and he fills out the application and he's nervous and he goes in and the the uh, the employer says, Yes, you're hired. Or you apply for a home loan. And you say, there's no way in the world that I'm going to be able to get this house. But you go in and the lender says, yes, you have the mortgage. You've been approved. I remember my first love, Patty Perkins. Yeah, <laughs> Patty Sue. I was like three foot five and she was like six eight. She didn't dare walk by the pool hall. They'd grab her and chalk her up. <laughs> she, she was a thin lady. But I was in love. And I sent her a note. And it read, Dear Patty, I like you. Do you like me? And I had a box. <laughs> yes? No? Please mark and return. I was a clever young man. She checked yes. And for the next two weeks, we had this passionate romance of passing back notes with boxes that she checked. It didn't last long, sweetheart, and it wasn't really love. It was, don't worry about it. I don't even think she's alive anymore. Back in the 60s, and you won't, you won't believe how much grief I got from the family about this thing. Do you remember what this is? The magic eight ball. Now, friends, this is not demonic. It's a... It's a... It's a toy. It's a toy. That's all it is. It's, a, it's like a Barbie doll, only rounder. Inside this thing is a 20-sided um, figure. And Mrs. Mathematician, do you know what that 20-sided thing is? I will tell you, it is called an icosahedron. I am positive. I checked this three times because I knew you were going to ask me that. <laughs> <laughs> 
each of these 20 sides in this thing has a, an answer. You can only ask yes or no questions. It's not a Ouija board. You don't read tarot cards. You can't, if you predict your future with this crazy thing, you need psychiatric help. <laughs> Out of 20 possible answers, 10 were yes, 5 were no, and 5 were neutral. And like, neutral, like, ask again. Uh, it's, it, the, you're, you're, it, it, the answer is kind of cloudy, ask again. And it was, it was a lot of fun. I had fun with some of the kids fooling with this today. And uh, uh, Rosie is not going to be married by 12. So are you happy? Okay, okay. Giovanni is going to be playing. I had you playing defense, but he says he was playing offense. So you're going to move on the other side of the ball. I mean, this doesn't lie. <laughs> we don't like to hear no. Here, you hold this for me, hon, so the kids don't. No, you'll play with it. <laughs> we don't like to hear the word no, do we? No. See? From the time we were kids, we learned to cringe when we heard the word no. I've got a great-grandson. You say no, and he looks at you and juts out his chin and takes off the other way. No, Calvin, don't do that. Get back here. He's gone. Sadly, many people conceive of God in the same negative terms. God's just this cosmic killjoy, the Grinch. He's watching in heaven. He's just waiting to catch us doing something wrong and then nail us. They imagine him shaking his finger and saying, No, no, bad boy, don't do that again. And God, though, isn't trying to spoil our fun. He loves us and he wants us to enjoy life to the fullest. But God's favorite word, his favorite word is yes. And here's some background information for our passage there are some people in the church in Corinth who, they didn't like Paul. And apparently, they, they claimed he, he had broken his promises and couldn't be trusted. Well, apparently, he had planned to, uh, told them that he would try to visit them in the near future. Well, plans change. And some of his critics accused him of deceit. You never planned on coming anyway. Liar. Liar, liar, pants on fire. They even uh, cast doubt on the message of Jesus Christ that he was preaching. And Paul used this dispute to declare the yes of God's promises. There are 7,457 promises in the Word of God. No, I didn't count them all. But I have it on good, on, uh, a good record that somebody did count them, and that's how many there are in the, in the, in the Bible, where the Bible says yes. And because Jesus is the yes to every promise of God, we can respond by saying amen to the yeses that God uh, has given us. In all of all the words in the human language, there are two words that are the same in every language. One is hallelujah, and the other is amen. They don't change. Now, I don't, is in Filipino, is hallelujah, hallelujah? See that, I can, now I'm really fluent. I, I, I don't have to say booga booga to you anymore, joy. I can say hallelujah and amen. Yeah, all right. I'm bilingual. <laughs> well, let's ask God five questions and listen for the answer that, that, that he gives regarding his favorite word. 
The first is, God, do you really love me? Thank you. Yes. Yes and amen. If you need proof that God loves you, look at the cross. The night before Jesus was crucified, he said, Greater love has no one than this, that he lay down his life for his friends. John 15, 13, Jesus Christ loves us. He say, we're his friends. We also you know, are his sons and his daughters. We're his children. We're his sheep. And he loved us so much that he gave his life for us that we might have eternal life. No greater love has anyone that he laid down his life for his friends. And Jesus demonstrated that. He was the first. God loves us so much that if we were the only one needing a Savior, he'd come back just for you. God's love is unconditional. He doesn't love uh, you if you act a certain way. He loves you with a complete love based on his character rather than anything that we've done. God doesn't love you because you deserve it, because we certainly don't. We deserve, we deserve an eternity in hell, certainly not an eternity with him in heaven. God loves us because his nat- it's his nature to love. So do you really, God, do you really love me? And he says, absolutely, I love you. The second question, God, can you forgive all of my mistakes? God, can you forgive me all of my sin. You know what a wicked person I was. You know the evil that I did. (laughs) I brought an eight ball to church. You know what I did to cause the problems that I've caused for my family. The, The way that I have sinned and I've broken your heart. You know that, Lord. But can you forgive me? And he does. He says, yes, each of us stands guilty as a sinner before a holy God, and instead of judging us on the basis of our sin, God offers us a full and complete free pardon. Pardon. No parole. No probation. Complete pardon. And the proof of God's forgiveness is seen at the cross, and it's it's through the death of Jesus on the cross that the guilt of our sin is removed. The Bible says in John 1, 7, but if we are living in the light as God is in the light, then we have fellowship with each other and the blood of Jesus, His Son, cleanses us from all sin. So we have fellowship. We have, we have a, 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 a communion, as it were, with one another. We are brothers in Christ. We're brother and sister in Christ. We are, we are family because of the cross, because of the blood of Jesus Christ, which cleanses us from all sin. Now, most people don't have any trouble believing that God can, convi- can, can forgive the past sin, but they have a little trouble accepting that the blood of Jesus also forgives future sin. And if you struggle with that concept, there's something for you to con- here's something for you to consider. When Christ died on the cross, He forgave all of your sin, your past sin. In the future, that's right. Because God has forgiven us, 
then we should be able to forgive ourselves and be willing to forgive others as well. That hurts. That's painful. That's tough. It's difficult. But because of his act on the cross, forgiving us, then we should be able to do the same. Horatio Spafford was an American lawyer in the 1800s. His wife and daughters were sailing to America, and the ship sank. And the daughters drowned, but his wife was saved. Mr. Spafford quickly caught a ship to England to join his heartbroken wife, and on the voyage, at the very spot where his daughters drowned, he wrote, It is well with my soul. When peace like a river attendeth my way, when sorrows like sea billows roll, we can rejoice because God has buried all of our sin in the ocean depths of His grace and forgiveness. There's an old preacher that said this, God sunk your sins in the sea and put a no fishing sign on it. Third question, God, do you have a plan for my life? (laughs) Yes. Well, here I am, 68 years old, and you haven't shown me your plan yet. And God may say, wait a minute, I've been, I've been showing you your, my plan for your life for the past 58 years. You just didn't like what I had to say, and you didn't like my plan. See, I called you to do X, and you've been running around doing the rest of the alphabet. And you've been miserable because you haven't been doing the plan that God wanted for you to do. In about this point in time, you may be thinking, wait a minute. God doesn't always say yes. Sometimes he says no. Okay? You're right. And there are verses in the Bible where God says no, don't do that. But like any good parent, God says no in the context of greater good. He says no to something painful so that he can say yes to something wonderful. He says says no to the lesser so that he can say yes to the better. For instance, any good parent will say to their child, don't stick that fork in the electric outlet. Don't touch that hot stove. Don't put that electric appliance in the bathtub (laughs) with me in it. They aren't saying no to curb their child's fun, but to protect them from harm. And God does the same thing. Every time God says, don't do that, He's saying, I don't want want you to hurt yourself, child of mine. I have something much better in mind for you. God has a plan for you, and it can be described in two verses. Jeremiah 29, 11 says, For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. I know I, have the, I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. There are plans for good and not for disaster to give you a future and a hope. And you say, my life is a disaster. It's one mess after another. Everything I touch turns to garbage. Well, it's, you, it's, it's, you're not following what the word says their plans for good and not for disaster the plan i know the plans i have for you not for you 
See, my plan isn't the same as your plan. They're plans for good and not disaster to give you a future and a hope. Did you hear that? God wants the very best for you in this life and in the life to come. Jesus said in, in John 14, 2, there's more than enough room in my Father's home. If this were not so, would I have told you that I am going to prepare a place for you? See, we sing songs, I have a mansion. I love that song, by the way. Uh, it's, a, it's a good song. You play that on electric guitar, and it's a fast pace. We're going to do that sometime, okay? I have a mansion. And, and it says, you know, that, that we've got, we, we have this crazy theology that, that we, uh, God is building this, this tremendous mansion for us somewhere in heaven. I don't know if it's a mansion. In the original, it talks about a room. But, but whatever it is, God has prepared this place for us, and it's a great place. And, and the thing of it is, we as Christians better start getting along with one another down here because if you don't, I'm going to move in next door to you and really make your eternity miserable. <laughs> you may be thinking that your life's a mess and it seems that God's plan isn't working and, and it, that might be true right now, but He's not finished yet. His plan is progressive. You just have to start being obedient to the plan that he's laid out for you right now. Not everything that happens in life is good. Would you say amen to that? I, I certainly would. But the promises in the Bible that if you love God and are the one and, and are one of his, his called ones, he's going to work it out for us. Does God have a good plan for your life? Yes. Well, what is it? I don't have a clue. I know what his plan is for my life today. Is that plan going to change tomorrow? It, it may. I had, a, I, had a, I had a dream last night that Craig fired me. Oh, he, I, he's, he's, gonna, he's not going to be able to sleep tonight. He feels so bad about it. But, it. but it wasn't him. It was a guy across the street that I knew years ago that told him to fire me. And it, it, was, it, was, it was crazy. So he says, was I in it? Was I in it? Was I in it? No. Well, you were, but you weren't. That's not God's plan for me right now, I don't think. We have a deacon meeting tonight. Well, we'll see. The fourth question is, God, what do you want me to say to you? What do you want me to say to you? I believe one of the reasons why, God's, why, why yes is God's favorite word is because he loves to hear us say that same word back to him. Chris Tomlin and Louis uh, Giglio have called out a, a new generation of young people called, radic, called a, to, to radical Christianity, and uh, they refer to themselves as Generation 268. And these young people that have a, a passion for God to ignite a fire in their hearts and to pursue Jesus to spread his name throughout the world. And that designation is based on the theme verse for their passion. It's called the Passion Movement, and it's found in Isaiah 26, 8. Listen to this. This is a yes verse. Lord, we show our trust in you by obeying your laws. Our heart's desire is to glorify your name. That's a yes verse if I ever heard one. 
Our heart's desire is to glorify your name. You remember back in 1999, April 20th, 1999, the Columbine shooting. 14 students were killed and one teacher. And you may recall that one of the students shot was a 17-year-old girl named uh, Cassie Barnell. And two years earlier, uh, Cassie wasn't saved and she began dabbling in the occult. She was uh, a member of the, the goth group. And she had this, this uh, uh, beautiful, long, golden blonde hair and she would put white pancake makeup on it. And she, she, just, she looked really almost demonic. And she came to faith. Her favorite movie was Braveheart because she liked the courage that William Wallace showed in, in his uh, leading the, the Scots to freedom. When she faced death, Cassie demonstrated amazing bravery. Prior to that, she had talked to her grandma and, and her, her hair came down to the middle of her back, and, or almost to her waist. And she, uh, she was going to cut off her hair and give it to is it Locks of Love is that, uh, for uh, children who lost their hair due to uh, chemo treatments and cancer. She was a, a hero. But when she faced death, she really demonstrated amazing bravery. One of the killers pointed a gun at Cassie and laughed and taunted her by saying, Do you believe in God? She was terrified, but she said yes. And, and those were her last words. And after the gunman pulled the trigger, Cassie was ushered into eternity. Based on her last words, her mother wrote a best-selling book um, uh, entitled, She Said Yes, The Unlikely Martyrdom of Cassie Barnell. Her last word, yes, has touched thousands and thousands of lives. She's inspired many people to say yes to God's call. Just think about how God used people in the Bible who said yes to him. Noah. <laughs> you know, here's a guy that was told to build a big boat. And they're in the middle of a drought. Everybody was laughing at him. God told him it was going to rain. And it, never rained, it, it hadn't rained a drop on earth uh, for ages. Abraham said yes when God told him to sacrifice his son Isaac. Moses said yes at the burning bush to a God who said, I am the great I am. When the angel Gabriel came to Mary and told her that she'd been chosen by God to be the mother of the Savior of the world, she said, yes, Lord. So look at your life right now, friends. I see confusion among believers regarding God's calling on their lives. And for example, when he calls a person to salvation, he wants you to say, yes, Lord, I'll trust you. When he calls someone to discipleship, he wants to hear us say, yes, Lord, I'll follow you. And when he, when he calls us for service, God wants to hear the words, yes, Lord, I will serve you. And when we say yes to God's call, God says amen. So what's God calling you to do today?
I don't know. Say, I'm, I, I am old. I am on the entering the winter years of my life. I don't have a lot of time left. God still has a plan. He still has a call on your life. And you can still be effective in that plan. Don't be afraid to say yes to the Lord because His favorite word is yes. And the last question, Jesus, are you coming back? You sang a song today that, uh, and we're going to sing it again, um, uh, coming again. We sang a lot of the old hymns of the faith today, didn't we? Did you like that? Okay. Uh, we need to step up the tempo on some of them, but that's okay. I, I, that's, I, I'm, I'm, I'm good with that. But, but Jesus, are you coming back? And in order to answer this question, just read the final words of the Bible in Revelation 22, 7. Look, I'm coming soon. Blessed are those who obey the words of prophecy written in this book. Every Sunday, the church I was saved in, back in Carlock, Illinois, at the end of the service, sang, coming again. Coming again, coming again. Maybe morning, maybe noon, maybe evening, maybe soon. Coming again, coming again. Oh, what a wonderful day it will be. Jesus is coming again. There's a remarkable unity to the entire Bible that never ceases to amaze me. And this is the last time that Jesus and God say yes. The first time is recorded as saying yes in Genesis when he promised when he promised uh, Abram that, that Sarah was going to have a baby and, and he laughed. Genesis 17:19. but God replied, no, Sarah, your wife will give birth to a son for you. You will name him Isaac and I will confirm my covenant with him and his descendants as an everlasting covenant. So Peggy, you're pregnant. Look at Jerry, he's laughing. Remember what God did. God got the last laugh on that, didn't he? It was supernatural. And I say that because there are people today who scoff at the idea of the second coming of Jesus Christ. And once again, God's going to have the last laugh there. The last recorded words of Jesus in the Bible are, Yes, I'm coming soon. And all of us who know him and love him and love his appearing, we say amen to that. What have we learned today? Paul made some plans he couldn't keep. We should be careful not to make promises we can't keep. We put our mouth in motion before our minds are in gear. Sometimes our mouths make write checks that our body can't cash. All of us have heard promises that were broken, and when you hear a person say, I promise, take it with a grain of salt. You know, in this life, you're going to hear empty promises. This will only take a minute of your time. That's the telemarketer, by the way. I'm not trying to sell you anything. <laughs> This won't hurt a bit, what my dentist says. If I'm elected, I will, I promise. As much as we like to keep our promises, sometimes we fail, but all of God's promises are in Christ, and they're rock solid. They're rock solid because he says, I love you unconditionally. I've forgiven you of all your sins, and I have a wonderful plan for your life. Don't be afraid, my friends. Just say, yes, Lord. 
And his favorite word is, yes and amen. Let's pray. Lord, uh, we, we stand before you, sit before you, we come before you today as, as your people. We love you, Lord, and we know that you have an unconditional and amazing love for us. Lord, I, I just it's my prayer today that we would begin to see that, that in all of our dysfunction and and in our, in our disrepair and, and these lives that are cracked and broken and have parts missing. The Lord, when we, we come to you and we ask these questions, you say yes. And we can say amen. And Lord, if there is one here today that has never said yes to you in terms of salvation, may this be the day that they would come and say, Lord Jesus... I don't understand it all. But I ask you to forgive me my sin. And I believe that you promised that you would come into my life and save me. That you would do that. You would, you would say yes and you would do it. I could count on it. Lord, I believe when you died on the cross, you took my place. You died for my sin that I might live with you forever. When you died on that cross, you paid the penalty for all of the sin, past, present, and future. You said yes to death, and we can say amen. So for that, Lord, I ask you to come into my life and save me. If you prayed that prayer and you never have before, then you are now a child of God. Come see me. Talk to me we can rejoice in the fact of what you did don't be afraid just say yes